Hey homies, on this episode of Homegrown Horror, we're going to be talking about the James Purrington Massacres of 1806. It's an old-timey murder, so strap yourselves in. We're also going to nerd out pretty hard on anime. I get really into some berserk conversation. And we are also going to be sharing a little story about how Peaks Island became prey to a couple hundred aquatic deer in the past. All this and more on Homegrown Horror. In a world where the lines between good and evil, prey and predator become blurred, someone has to rise up and defend the tomato gardens of Peaks Island. B. Kakashi is just that person. B. Kakashi is the deer hunter, where one woman faces off with a thousand deer toe-to-toe in mortal combat. From the same studio that brought you the Paula Deen Bioptic baptized in the butter, comes this summer's hit romantic comedy, Deer Hunter, A Good Hill to Die On. Hello, and welcome to To Homegrown my name, I always start. Do you want to start? Yeah, I am B. I am a co-host of this spooky podcast. I am Jackson. I am a co-host of this spooky podcast as well. It is Homegrown Horror, the main-centric podcast about true crime, cryptid sometimes, probably not much anymore, and Supernatural. Supernatural shit. Why'd you say not about cryptids anymore? I don't know. We're very slowly burning through all of the main cryptids. There's not many main cryptids. There are probably some more that you have to dig deep into, and it's just kind of like... I know. I've got one on the back burner that I have planned for some time in the spring. Oh, sweet. Okay. Because it's I, a spring-centric cryptid? It's a spring-centric cryptid, so I'm planning on doing it uh, closer to uh, Bieltene, which yeah. is May Day. Okay, okay. Um, because it, it might involve some fairies. <laughs> fairies? Fairies? So springtime fairies of Maine? Uh-huh. Fairies are kind of prevalent through, like, a lot of... Specifically, like, Northern European cultures, so it's interesting to hear something specific to Maine coming in here. Yeah, you know, that, and also, uh, I mean, there's a lot in uh, Algonquin legend, but yes, I think it is also very prevalent through, like, Allegra and I are both very Irish. Yeah. It's very prevalent in um, Celtic tradition as well. It's true, true. Uh no, it's kind of interesting when you talk about like it influencing Algonquin or being part of Algonquin legends. There is some speculation among historical scholars that I, I never really like unpacked it because who the fuck knows. But there is some speculation among like um, some scholars saying that potentially Algonquin legends are also influenced by Norsemen in some capacity. That makes sense considering the fact that Vikings were here. Yeah. Like, they, you know, they came and visited. Visited. Visited is a very generous term. Very generous term. (laughs) But, I mean, if there is some potential that maybe they did have some friendly interactions with locals, 
at some point or Just another. Just like in the Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC. Yeah, I'm the friendliest <laughs> Viking as in Assassin's Creed as I chop a dude's neck off. <laughs> Allegra's that type of person where, because when, when she was playing, she's always like, I need to make the right choices because I can't be a bad person. <laughs> and it's it was the same way playing Red Dead. She's like... Always wanting to be the good person. Yeah, because she was like, she started another save file. She's like, I'm going to go for the bad ending. I'm going to be a bad guy. And then she got to the first decision and she's like, "Mm, I can't do it. When it comes to like um, games that do have some kind of morality slider Mm -hmm. associated with it, naturally as I play, I do always lend, uh, tend to go towards the good side of the spectrum. But I always think most games set you up to be more good than bad, usually. Yeah. Yeah, well, because if you are bad, you get a bad ending. (laughs) Oh, yeah, or something like that. But, uh, you know, it's always also kind of fun to play a bad character. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this already on the podcast, but I've been playing Fallout New Vegas, and they have a morality calculator. Yeah, you did. Did you? Well, I think it's on an episode that we haven't published. Oh, that's possible. Yeah. Um, But... And the thing that I like about that game, I love a lot of things about that game. It's the best Fallout game. But they do have, like, a karma counter. Um, But you get, like, karma for killing certain enemies. And so if you just, like, go out into the world and decide, okay, I'm going to go clear out this base and it's full of a a certain enemy, Mm -hmm. you'll get good karma back to you because you're killing that kind of enemy. Which is kind of bullshit, I think. Because you're killing. Yeah, and also they shot first. So, like, (laughs) you know, I think it should be kind of middle of the road at that point. Right. You know. Also, probably worse if I start shooting first, you know? I'm just defending myself. Like, oh, I'm good because I defended myself? Does that mean, like, everybody that enacts the castle doctrine in Florida is a good person? That's a little fucked up. (laughs) Okay, we're not getting into that. We're getting heady here. (laughs) Ah. Mm. So, how was your week? My week's (laughs) fucking great. Fucking amazing. Because I know there's something you want to discuss. Yeah, I want to talk about this little black wristband that I got today. I got... Oh, you got it today. No, 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 not to, Sorry, I, didn't say, I did say today. God, you're a liar. I am a liar. So I got it Wednesday. Mm. I got a Fitbit. It's a lot of fun. Um, counts my steps, counts my heart rate. It. Uh, I wear it all the time. Does which it tell is, you if you're actually sleeping well? It does, actually. So hold on, I'm going to flip to the sleep area. And it says that I got six hours and 45 minutes of sleep. I also have an app. Mm-hmm. where I can like break down and look at the details of my sleep and it's given me a sleep score that I love it it's the gamification of fitness which <laughs> I love it when things are gamified and this is oh. this really hits my niche so I have a 79 uh sleep score I don't know what that means it says fair it says fair so I fair I, I sleep is fairly that like well. out of a hundred or is it, I think does so. Does it go higher than a hundred? I think a like... hundred is the 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 biggest one. But anyway, so I also um, you can join little challenges also. Uh huh. And I'm currently in a little competition with my coworker and a couple of her <laughs> friends. So I'm just some rando that she put onto this like friend uh, work challenge. 
And um, so it's just like whoever gets the most steps within a work week wins. So yeah. Monday to Friday, that's when they actually count everything. So what you're saying is now you need a stand-up desk so you can jog in place while you're working. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have a job that also <laughs> allows me to move around a bit during the day. So it's not bad. But I should also... I Get into running. Yeah, no, you have to be chained to your desk at your workplace. Literally, there were several times this week where I got up from my desk to go do something. And I came back and I had like three phone calls. Oh my God. <laughs> I had, where are I, you be? The thing that I hate is when I, I get, because I, I think I've said before I work in insurance. So I'll get, an e, like, I'll get a phone call from an agent. And I'll be like, okay, I'm going to call them back. And then they email me immediately or vice versa. They email me and then they call me immediately. And I'm like, can you just relax? Could you take a chill pill? You are not the only thing I'm working on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, relax. Because I was also someone's out of office this week. (laughs) You were somebody that, oh, that's no fun. So, yeah. That's awful. Everything that was, like, kind of melting down was... There were a few things from me that were melting down, but then she also had one thing that was like, ah, this is urgent. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't want to. But um, I had a technolo- technology thing happen this week. What happened to you? I accidentally threw my phone across the room and it shattered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you. Uh, yeah. Was that month? That was Monday. <laughs> it was Monday. It's what also, a great way to start the week. It's also Mercury retrograde, which affects technology and is because I know everybody's like oh, Mercury retrograde. But OK, but here's the thing. When your wife is really into birth charts and um the sky and um astrology like i i do know that it's i'm sorry it's legit because it also affects communication because also on tuesday i had two i had like two telehealth meetings and i fucked them both up (laughs) (laughs) like technologically yes all that yes i fucked them both up because well it also affects communication because mercury is the planet of communication which is why it's related to gemini (laughs) um but yeah so i threw my phone and it landed on the hardwood floor and it shattered and i was very surprised because what happened was i just went to go pick it up and i turned and it sort of flung out of my hand yeah and i was just like surprise pikachu face (laughs) (laughs) Uh... and i picked it up and i was like ah you you know so i went i had to go to the mall so I went to the mall and I did I mean it allowed me to I went and I looked at I went to like look at Newberry comics because I'm a nerd um and I nobody actually knew that listening to this nobody no, knew that nobody knew uh no one had any idea so we went to the mall um it's so weird because like everything's closing because malls are dying but <laughs> slowly but surely <laughs> slowly but surely I went and I, I tried to find some more amiibos no avail um, I went to Newberry Comics. They completely redid their anime section, their anime and manga section. It's com- it's much bigger now, and I, I did find a Berserk sticker. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did? I did. I like how you're just like, mm-hmm, and then you're like, wait. I actually <laughs> registered what you said after you said it. So what kind of sticker did you find? It was an amulet way, with a face. I fucking love Berserk. <laughs> it was an amulet with a face. Oh, it was a bailet? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, we should get this for Jackson. And Allegra's like, no. 
It's Whoa. fucking scary. It's a. I love the Baylets. The Baylets, <laughs> for those who are uninitiated, the Baylets are um, special amulets bestowed upon. Was it red or? It was red. Okay. So that is, uh, the red amulet is the amulet of kings, I think it's what it's called. I could be messing that up, but it's a special baylet. Normally baylets are uh, gray and they have a face on them uh, or like weird disproportionate features on them. Yep, that's Um, definitely what I saw. Yeah, and it's all screwed up. But uh, basically they open up a portal to the hell world. I'll just simplify it. And... uh, and and you'll get transported if you're the owner of the bailet you'll get transported to this world and you must make a sacrifice if it's a red bailet that's the king's bailet and you have to make a massive sacrifice which is usually a kingdom or a group of soldiers that are like really beholden to you and I'm just if gonna it's a gray one it's like a, entire, it's a minor one i'm gonna sacrifice the entire state of florida <laughs> or arista county no but that's that's not actually <laughs> sacrifice to you though so it wouldn't uh... work like a sacrifice not only has to be so if I it's a red to... one it has to be quantity and quality so i would have to sacrifice like southern maine like people you care about like yeah, southern maine yeah if it was a gray bailet it'd be like you'd sacrifice your wife or something no! I know that'd be awful. <laughs> uh, if it's a if it's a red one, then it'd be like I don't know the the podcast or something because obviously that's important to you. <laughs> I hate this now, but yeah. Hello, welcome to Homegrown Horror. We're big nerds, and now this is a welcome to the Berserk podcast. podcast. I'm taking over. Actually, I'm sure that you could make a whole podcast just based on Berserk. Absolutely. So if anybody's interested, that's what our Patreon's gonna be. At- I know you wanted to make, like, an anime podcast at some point. If you ever do a Berserk episode, you better fucking invite me. I've thought about doing an anime podcast. Is it going to happen? No. Why not? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Man, I have some really... Here's the thing. One time... Okay, I recently got off Twitter again. We have a Twitter, but I hopped off of Twitter because Twitter makes me feel really frustrated and sad and negative. <laughs> 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 and... um. But I had on my Twitter, on my personal Twitter, at one point I was trying to post an unpopular opinion every day. And Allegra just looked at me and she's like, Is this really what you want to do? Why are you trying to post an unpopular opinion every day? Because I'm an unpopular. I'll tell you why. I'm an unpopular opinion factory. That's literally what my bio says on Twitter (laughs) with a little strawberry emoji. (laughs) So you're trying to lean into this kind of meme y presence? I know. Here's the thing it's because. I know my takes are steaming hot. They're going to scald you. (laughs) Um, And I, a lot of times I feel, I used to feel bad for not agreeing with the public. Yeah. About certain things. And I just kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to lean into it. I don't, you know, it's totally fine that I have a different opinion. Like a good example this is like the most uh, baseline I can give you without getting like too deep into it. I hate the Death Note anime. I love the manga. I hate the anime. I you think hate it's the trash. anime. It's absolute garbage. You know, it as far as Death Note's concerned, it's never really gripped me. I've seen the entirety of the anime. I liked it for what it's worth. It's not good. If you, you read, like it. if you read the manga. It's because 
There are just some manga that... It, it, wow, this is a manga podcast now. Yeah, you just started your manga anime <laughs> podcast right now. This is um, the inception. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. But, yeah, I... What you need to know is I think that the writing is better, the dialogue is better, and there's something that... Uh, one of the things that I consider with manga over anime is texture. Mm. The texture of the content. And another person that's like, this is like Junji Ito, like where the drawing style is so detailed and so um, beautiful. And I, oh, there's something about it that just like, it makes, it makes the content better. It enhances it. I got you. That yeah. Yeah. the animation just does absolutely nothing for me. I completely understand, like, as far as anime adaptations of manga, I'm speaking of Berserk, because that is my graph, that is my foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, like, the, the print manga is so much more detailed and interesting than the anime, and the anime, I, you just has a lot of technological issues with it. Right, <laughs> and it's, and I think there's a part of me that's also, like, there are good there are good and, like, well-animated shows. Yeah, there like, are. Like, for me, Attack on Titan very clearly brings that style and that texture from the manga. Yeah, yeah, I get you. It does. Whereas some, some just say, fuck it. So, yeah. And for those of you who don't know and are like, what the fuck is going on? It's just... Uh, everybody says that Death Note is one of the best animes of the early uh, 2000s, and I'm just sort of like, okay, look. <laughs> because I read them, I did read the manga first, and I don't want to be, I'm, and there are some times where it's the opposite for me, but this particular one, I understand it's a gateway drug for a lot of people. I just think that your gateway drug sucks. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, you're doing some bad, you're like, it's like smoking bad weed. It's very dank. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a guy looking for a bargain and smoking some mids just to get by. There's nothing wrong with that, B. You know, you could get like a pound of mids for a fraction of the price. I'm just saying. You, you said it yourself. Uh, it's quantity and quality. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this Speaking of quality, do you have I heard that you have a very quality mur murder? Quality of this uh particular murder is up to the listener. Um <laughs> but I would say that I did find some really good sources for today. Okay. A lot of grounded in uh I found a lot of great sources that are very close to the people of the time. Well, that's why I'm saying quality. Like there's yeah, yeah. no there's very little speculation here. <laughs> no, as opposed to Roby Andrews. Shut up. It's great. No, that was a good episode. And uh, oh my God. we got I some will good say, traction. I will say immediately after we released that, Allegra was like poking around some more. And she's like, hey, I just found like a bunch of comments on this blog about Roby Andrews. Like, you didn't include any of those. And I'm like, what? Whatever. I mean, I like, there's <laughs> only, you know, there's only so much time in the day and so many blogs we can look at. And I think I said a lot of it is the same thing over and over. There's a lot of speculative <laughs> like a lot, stuff. And, and it's a lot you know. of the same thing where, like, I did mention sort of how people... Someone did comment on our post, though, about Roby Andrews and yeah. they were a USM grad. Yeah. And uh, 
they were saying like how creepy it was and they went into Roby Andrews. It one is time. creepy. And I, I was so happy because they mentioned they mentioned the elevator. Yes. And yes. I did mention it. The elevator I fucking hate the elevator in that building. Yeah, they said like the cables would snap at any time. Uh-huh, I uh-huh. think that this gives strength to our argument during that episode that this is just an old ass building. <laughs> yeah. This place should be condemned. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So. Okay. Tell me what you've got for me. Today I've got a murder that took, it's an old timey murder that took place in 1806. Old timey disclaimer. Old timey disclaimer here. If you don't like old timey shit, get the fuck out. I feel like they've probably already uh, pieced out if they were like, what the fuck is an anime? Yeah, no. For <laughs> what our, the fuck is a Fitbit? <laughs> I know that this is going to be good for our like dedicated 20 person fan base at this point. I love you guys, by the way. I'm, you know, anyway. Yeah, thank okay. you to everybody who listens to every single episode. You guys are the MVP. Seriously. And we love making this content for you guys. Uh, and it's fun for us. Um, anyway, so we're going to go to Augusta. The Woo! capital. The capital. Not the capital at this time, though, in 1806. What's the capital at this time? Uh, oh, wait, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> I'm an idiot. No, I'm not an idiot. I'm just silly. What is the capital of Massachusetts, actually? It's not Boston, right? I think it's Boston. Is it Boston? It is Boston. You're right. Yeah. Capital is in Boston. I, I'm so used to like states that have major cities without the capital in it. Like I was in Oregon before I came out here and the main, obviously Portland, Oregon is the main city of Oregon. But, but it's not the capital. Yeah. Salem is the capital. Um, and then, you know, out here, Augusta is the capital and Portland's our biggest city. Um, have you been to Augusta before? We had this conversation when you covered a boys state and girls state. Oh, right. Yeah. So you I went there. I haven't. Oh, you haven't. Because okay. we were supposed to go and we we literally were lined up to go on this field trip when I was in the fourth grade. And then they were like, LOL, JK, get back in the class. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. It's not happening. I've been to Augusta once, kind of the outskirts of Augusta for a job interview. Uh, from what I've seen, yeah. not very impressive. <laughs> I'm not trying to diss it, but it sounds like a lot of capitals in a lot of states. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's literally just the Capitol building. Like, that's that, the only important thing there. That's it. No it's offense like, to people who live in Augusta, but I think a lot of people will agree. But I think that this is something that plagues a lot of, like, uh, cities that do have a capital in it. It's like, yes, your capital is there, Um And then whatever surrounding it is sort of ancillary to that. Like a lot of housing is still expensive because it's taken up by state lobbyists. Yeah. And the representatives that have to stay there for a little bit of time. Uh, And it's, yeah, like Oregon, there was a lobbyist I met and he basically owned um, most of the property that surrounded the Capitol. Yeah. Which is pretty messed up. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to Augusta. Boys and girls. Um, And our story is going to start in 1805 when a Captain James Purrington and his very large family settled into the area. Uh, James uh, is came from Bo... Bodenham? Bodenham. 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 Okay. Does Bodenham still exist? Yes, it does. 
That's really awesome. So yeah, what's so Bowdoin then? So Bod- Bowdoin's the college. Bowdoin's the college, and then Bowdoinham is the town that Bowdoin is in? No. Where's Bowdoin? Bo- okay, so there's Bowdoinham, uh-huh. and then Topsom, Brunswick, and Bowdoin is in Brunswick. I see. It's in okay. the it's it's in the same it's it's in the same general area. Like okay. these they're not these towns are not super not huge. They're not huge. Yeah. But yeah, that's the area that I spent I spent three summers up there. Like it's a I love this area. It's pretty. Yeah. I mean, I think I've passed through the Bowdenham area. So yeah. Um, Purrington came from a very lovely little area. Lovely little area and he was posh. He was posh. He was posh. Posh. Somewhat posh. We'll, uh, you know, we'll determine that. Uh, Anyway, so Captain James Purrington and his family settled up on the far on a farm on Belgrade Road. On a farm. On a farm in Belgrade Road in Augusta. Okay. Um, Before this moving, James Purrington's father had died recently and left him a good sum of cold hard cash. Oh, so was, that's why they bought a new... Yeah, that's <laughs> they why they bought, bought up a, a new property, bought up a farm. Uh, it seemed like that he was settling down into the farm kind of lifestyle with this large large family. They lived in relative comfort. James was uh, described in historical records as a, quote, rich and independent farmer, unquote. At this time, James... You said was, comfortable, but he's rich. Well, so I guess it's history, comfortable for the time. Yeah, comfortable for the time. Let, well, let's debate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that well, we aren't rich by any standards, but I think we live more comfortably than a farmer in 1806, probably. You're probably right. I have a very comfy bed. Yeah. <laughs> they probably are sleeping on hay. They probably sleep. Oh my God, my bed's fucking amazing. I have that, um... You got the same mattress as us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not sponsored by Tuft and Needle. <laughs> we can be, though. Please. <laughs> Send me another mattress. Oh, my God. Uh, so I can sleep somewhere when my wife complains about my snoring. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, James' father died, left him a big old bag of money, and he brought a property over in the Augusta area on Belgrade Road. James is 46 at the time. His uh, wife, Elizabeth... Um, was from Bath, Maine. Yep, so that's that's very close to Bodenham. Okay, so yeah, very easy for them to meet together. By the way, listeners, yeah, I would say Captain James Purrington. Uh, you're probably saying, "What the hell was he the captain of?" I don't really know. There isn't many records available to me at this time about letting me know if he was a captain of a ship. From what I could tell from the records that I had available, I would assume that he was a military man. There were a couple other captains in the Augusta area, so I'm assuming maybe he was eventually part of some kind of militia, but he was, I would assume that he was part of the American army. Um, And being 45 years old, I think it would make sense that he was in some way maybe involved with um, the revolution revolution or being part of the army itself at a young age. But, you know, they met, they were close together. Uh, Elizabeth and James, and they've been together for a decent amount of time, and they would end up having eight children. Holy shit. They were prepping for that day when they would get a farm. And this is very surprising. They were not Catholic, but they had eight kids anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
Neighbors would describe James as a very serious person and was, quote, obstinately tenacious of his opinion. He had a lot of hard opinions like about me. things. Yes, like you. He was a contrarian. <laughs> if he had a Twitter, he would be posting a lot of unpopular opinions about Death Note. I'm sure of it. <laughs> but, you know... Obstinately tenacious oh of his opinion. No surprise there. <laughs> Just like any good white guy in this time period, you know, we have Absolutely. a lot of strong opinions. Maybe he was just a Gemini. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, he was, maybe he was. I didn't look into his birth chart at all. <laughs> uh, but uh, also noted by historical records, apparently he adopted the faith of universal salvation doctrine. Which, uh, I'm not familiar with this. You're unfamiliar with it. There are some variations on it. But basically, it's a um, a lot of Christianity evolves around you are saved once you accept Jesus as your savior. Mm-hmm. But universal salvation doctrine is more of like Jesus died for everybody. You do not need to accept him. He just went ahead and almost sacrificed himself so that everybody is saved. I, I kind of dig that. I dig it too. Um, some scripture that is very common among the current scriptures would dictate otherwise against that doctrine. It's an interesting discussion, but I do like the idea of a universal salvation doctrine. I think Jesus is a pretty cool guy and I think he'd be into that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I agree with that. Not really. He like, you know, he's not really, he's not really my Lord and savior anymore, but, uh, you know, I get that. I, I think that that's a, a, a chill, a chiller way. Well, you accepted them though, and other doctrines would dictate that because you accepted them at one point, you are still saved. Christianity and the theology and the differences are very fascinating. Um, I'm actually reading a little book right now about eco-theology, just because I'm interested in the con- combination Ooh. of naturalism and theological perspectives. Anyway. Fascinating. Yeah. We, we'll get into that maybe if I finish that book. Yeah, hello. <laughs> um, what is also interesting to note is another testimony by neighbors. James was often seen, depending on the day, depending on the hour, as either elated or incredibly depressed. There almost wasn't really much of an in-between as far as neighbors could sort out. So he... Not trying to diagnose him, but that's like manic... Depress. Well, it's that's not, it's not manic depressive yeah. anymore. I think it's con- I think it's technically considered bipolar now. But the, I I don't know about that. I am not. I am disclaimer. I am not a mental health professional. I'm just saying that he is experiencing periods of mania and periods of depression. <laughs> it will become more so. evident as I go through this that he is experiencing some kind of issues. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a case of early mental illness. Um, he would com- confide to a neighbor that he would contemplate violence of some sort. Not really detailed what kind of violence exactly, but he had some thoughts around violence. Okay. On July 6th of 1806, on a Sunday, James Purrington was witnessed by Martha, one uh, 15 years old at this time, um, he was sharpening a razor and holding it against his throat, looking into a mirror in front of his daughter, as if thinking of using it against his throat. This upset Martha greatly. Martha's his daughter. Martha's I don't know why daughter. my brain... That did not connect for no, a second. No, that's all good. Cool. 
Oof. Martha's daughter, that she would witnessed be, it. That would be traumatizing. But James was trying to allay any kind of fears that Martha was having at this time. So She's that was like, July. No, 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 honey, I'm just... I'm, I'm just, you know, checking, just... checking if it looks good against here, against my neck here. Does yeah. it shine nice, you know? Does it reflect in a, at all? Uh, I missed a little little something this morning when I was shaving. On, on July 8th, 1806, James spent his evening with his family. Before that, he was sharpening an axe for a great period of time during the evening. And Someone spending... take the whetstone away from him. <laughs> <laughs> you sh- Dad, you're sharpening a lot of stuff right now. You good, man? <laughs> First Lord. the razor, now the axe. It's like, you've been at that for a couple hours. I think it's sharp enough. Not sharp enough, honey. On July 8th, yeah, he's sharpening his axe, spending the evening with his family. Um, James Jr., of course he names a kid after him. You have to. You gotta at this time. It's a rule. It kind of is, actually. Actually, you want to know what's really funny? <laughs> like, I, you can cut this out if you want, but uh, just, it is a rule. Because one of the things that I was thinking of is Allegra's uncles, their names are... It's so it's James, John, James, John, Tom, and oh, yeah, you can cut this out. Why can't I remember? Why can't I remember her other uncle? I think I'm gonna leave it in just because it's like melding in with some of the other audio, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm a trash bag. You're not a trash bag. Continue, James, uh, listeners. It's very. Why can't I remember her? Listeners encourage me in the comments or <laughs> But again, what I'm trying to say is like they they really got all of like the the names of of the time period. They did, yeah. <laughs> Thomas, James, oh. John. <laughs> okay, yeah, very That's what I'm saying. Very basic colonist names. Like, yeah, and then Allegra could be on the Mayflower and you wouldn't bat an eye. And 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 that has continued, like, there are, there, she also has a, like, has a cousin named John, and that's the thing, is whenever someone has, you know, get is pregnant, he's like, it's gotta be John, John or James. I feel like if, like, you guys ever decide to have a kid, you should break the chain and, like, name the kid some crazy name. Oh, that's gonna be us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you guys are alternative. Well, the names that, well, the names that we, Allegra really likes Amelia. Mm. So that's not too bad. Um, but Amelia so, is a good name. So the names that I have planned are Amelia, Anne, and Artemisia Celeste. Artemisius? Artemisia. Is that a girl's name? Yes. Okay. What it's about also, if it's a boy? You're not thinking about a boy? You realize that we're going to have to adopt, right? I know you have to adopt, <laughs> but I also didn't think it, maybe you would do like um, um, a pregnancy kind of injection i think that's the wrong term for it <laughs> but <laughs> you know like a surrogate situation or whatever this is this probably is a, totally a little an, too much for the podcast right now this is a very personal it's a, well, no it's a whole other podcast because also allegra is a surrogate was a surrogate baby oh yeah yeah so, that's true. um that yeah. is, i mean there we have a lot of conversations about that sort of thing but that's also why it's really funny when people like i will say it's really funny when my mom is like i want grandkids and i'm like you have to look at the other two you have to look at my sisters because i i, I don't have the money <laughs> <laughs> babies are expensive but you know what's more expensive surrogacy that's... in vitro fertilization adoption yeah it is <laughs> 
what adoption oh my god adoption in this country is so fucked up this is a whole nother podcast i'm sorry i made a mistake no no you don't make (laughs) i've researched i've studied a lot about adoption policies in our country because of my education uh i don't want to go into it but it's fucked up and also abolish the private adoption agencies. It's fucked up that people are making money off of orphaned children. Moving on. Hold on. I also continue. I just, I, it's bothering me that I don't know Allegra's other uncle's name. That's just me. <laughs> Back to James sharpening his axe. Um, at the evening, James Jr. is talking to his dad. His dad is by the fireplace reading a Bible. And he... Joseph. Made- that's James, John, Joseph, and then they had Tama, Thomas. James, John, Joseph. James, John, Joseph. James, John, Joseph. Jingle Smith. No, but yeah, James and Joe are twins, and then they had John, and then Thomas. Something about the J names, I guess, right? <laughs> That's why I think Thomas is fun. Thomas, Thomas is nice. And Thomas. I, yeah, hello. I also have ADHD. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. ADHD and OCD. So. Were you paying attention? Yes. James so, is James, leaving James his father. James Jr. is leaving his father. He's reading by the fireplace. James Sr. is reading Bible. And he left it uh, open. He left it open. When he got up from the fireplace on Ezekiel chapter nine. You gonna tell me about Ezekiel chapter nine? I will just read a little My out. question for you is, did you know when they said it was Ezekiel chapter nine, were you aware of what what was coming as you were reading this story? I as wasn't who is I don't have that in depth like memory of every, you know, chapter. Um but I just know you're good at it sometimes. So my wife is much better when it comes to theology. I'm like more of like, love is love, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of like, I just feel good about things, man. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but basically, this is God commanding a group of people to go kill some folks. A sacrifice, if you will. Sort of. But anyway, this this is this part... Old Testament or New Testament? Uh, it is Old Testament. The fact that you had to look, though? No, but, like, come on. (laughs) It it is Old Testament. Jackson. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm pretty confident it was Old Testament, but, like, I wanted to check anyway, because I don't want to say anything wrong. So this is more murder God. This is more murder God. Old Testament God. He loves justice. (laughs) Um, anyway, so I just wanted to read Ezekiel... Uh, Chapter 9, verse 5 through uh, Mm 6. As I listened, he said to the others, follow him through the city and kill without showing pity or compassion. Slaughter the old men, the young men and women, the mothers and children, but do not touch anyone who has the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. So they begin with the old men who are in front of the temple. What's the mark? The mark is um, a mark as they go through Jerusalem and they put a mark on foreheads of those who grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it, the city. So those who are upset with things happening in the city. So they're not talking, are they talking about a physical mark? In a sense, yes. 
Okay. Maybe. In any event, I'm not going to read the whole thing. No, no, I'm just saying. In any event, this is a this is a lot. This is some that old, was tiny, actually old way testament. more aggressive. I was like, "Murder God, LOL," and I'm like, "Oh no!" Hey, you literally. <laughs> yeah, read the fucking Old Testament. There's I'm, a lot of murder. You know, I'm I'm good. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's pretty metal. So, <laughs> at 2 a.m. on July 9th, sorry to laugh, 1806. James then attempts to murder his entire family. Attempts? He doesn't murder everybody. Oh, that's not what I thought you meant by attempt. I was like, oh, okay, so he doesn't murder them. And you're saying he attempts to murder them all. Yes. The I thought it was the attempted murder. It was the attempt to murder them all. <laughs> oh, yep. no. Yep, no, no. Here we go. James Jr., he had his own apartment, and he would sleep with uh, the youngest brother, who I determined is Nathan at this time. James Jr. was alerted by a loud scream from his mother and ran to the hall of his apartment, where he saw his father in the doorway. James Sr. then raised his axe and dealt a glancing blow arcing over Jr.'s shoulder that would then strike his back. So he has a back injury. Okay. Um, CD then tries to strike James two other times, but misses. James escapes. And then James Sr. turns his attention to Junior's brother, Nathan, who is six years old. Nathan awoke to the sight of James Sr. attacking James Jr., but he then passed out from terror in the bed. And James struck Nathan while he was passed out during this time and altercation james escaped through the back door of the home seeking help the other survivor of the attack martha who was 15 years old at the time martha survived she's the one that noticed her dad being a little uh weird yeah she did notice his dad the dad being a little weird does not end well really for martha unfortunately martha awoke to the death screams of her sister sleeping next to her, who I determined was probably Polly, who was 19 years old. Polly's the oldest sibling okay. of the family, by the way. James Jr. is 17 years old. How come he got the apartment? Uh, he's the oldest male, so that's why, probably. <laughs> I know that doesn't matter, but I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Bye, Polly. But yeah, Polly got killed. And the second Polly that's been murdered on our podcast. I know. Shed. Poor Polly. Polly Pocket. Uh, as Polly was struck by the axe and killed, Martha then tries to shield herself with the bed sheets that she's in. But James successfully lands a blow to Martha's head and to her arm. Oh. Martha lies there. In pain. But does not die. She James, gets struck in the head and does not die. She was not left really that coherent afterwards. Of course. Yeah. She was not not particularly well, but she was able to give some testimony. Um, but she does die three weeks later from this. She dies of her injuries. They were not able to save her. 
1806 medicine isn't really that no, good. No, it's at this really time. not. <laughs> yeah, because I I also don't even know if they yeah, because at some point at some and I think around this point they're still kind of balking at the, the germ theory. Oh. I love Why the, do I have to wash my hands? I love the old um, medicine theories that surround, like, the color of your... Oh, the humors. Yeah, the humors, which is very uh, super messed up. <laughs> anyway, after Martha was struck, James Sr. then proceeds to kill the rest of Martha and James' siblings as they sleep in their beds. So that's another f- four. So... He- We've we've accounted for four here. As or, as of everybody that's died. James Jr. James Nathan. and Martha survived the attacks. But the people who have been attacked, sorry. Yeah. So James Jr., Martha, Polly, Nathan. Mm-hmm. So there are four more. He so then me... Benjamin, who was 12 years old, Nathaniel, who was 8 years old, Anna, who was 10 years old, and Louisa, who was 18 months old. All murdered. What the fuck? I know. I know. He it's murdered pretty an eighteen-month-old. Yeah, I mean, you know, he wasn't really discriminating. I think at this point, he was just going to murder his entire family. Yeah, yeah, family annihilator. They really don't care. Don't give a shit. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's like, oh well, you know, what's my bar? It's not eighteen months, I guess. James, though, was able to summon, um, get some help from the local town. A group was formed to enter the home, and they found the axed and mangled bodies of the children and Elizabeth strewn about the home and their beds murdered. Martha was found alive, and as I said, she was barely alive, though, bleeding a lot, and she was kind of incoherent at the time. She was able to give testimony later. She was sent off to receive medical attention, and again, she died three weeks later from her wounds. That leaves James as the only surviving member of the Purrington family. Of course, he's the one that has his dad's name. Of course, right? It's kind of poetic. He has to live on. And I looked up some genealogical records as well. Um... And uh, he does not marry after this time. He, no. No, he does not continue the name. He dies alone. Yeah, he's like, hmm, fuck this. Fuck this, yeah. There's a lot going on for this guy. But James had to help arrange the matters of his family and their burials. And his, not entire, but most of his family was buried in an unmarked grave in the Burnt Hill Cemetery, which is now the Vernon Cemetery. Until recently... There was no headstone. Well, until recently, a headstone and marker was finally placed by the historical society. Is this... A, were they... So they were all put together yeah. in an unmarked grave. But what... My question is, is this more like... A, was this place more like a pauper's burial ground? Like, were there more than... Was it more than just the family in the one That's an grave? excellent question. There were headstones around this cemetery if that tells you anything then that's very bizarre it is bizarre i agree i think part of it is probably unfortunately a matter of payment and james might not have the capital to i'm just I, yeah because i was just wondering grace. if his family is considered well off and I mean, there's probably something to be said for how do you get your murder, murdered, murderer dad's money to 
pay for the people he murdered. Unsure. Unsure at this time, honestly. But as so far as, like, is it, if it's a poor cemetery, I'm not entirely it does, If sure. there are gravestone, gravestones, then it's not. There were gravestones, and yeah, but they were put into an unmarked grave. The Historical Society recently was able to identify what grave they were buried in. And they put in a headstone and a plaque that detailed the events of what had happened for this family. I'm glad that they at least were able to do that. It is nice, yeah. I mean, I f- you know? there's part of me that feels like we should do this in a lot more places, but... Oh, absolutely. Because a lot of bodies buried in shallow graves, unmarked graves. But... Like, uh, like whenever somebody is struck usually by a um, vehicle on the road, sometimes a plaque is erected there. Yes. Um, but Familiar I with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James Sr. was buried alone. Obviously. Fucked up. But he was also buried with his axe and razor. He, I forgot to mention, he killed himself with a razor. At the end of the massacre. Okay, yeah, that's important. I really, I <laughs> should have included that. I'm so sorry I didn't. But yeah, he killed himself. Why was he buried with the axe and the razor? Like, to be like... Fuck this guy. <laughs> to memorialize you are a murderer, even in the afterlife, go to hell. I think it was a bit of that. There was no, there was a ceremony for the family, but there was no ceremony for senior. Absolutely not. No. And, uh, I but, mean, yeah. I say that, but also, I don't think we do anybody... know that... We do know that he had mental illness, so that's also not fair to say. But also, there are people who have mental illness who don't murder their whole families, but this is also the early 1800s. This is complicated. I think in the time of when tools are so valuable, nobody wants the tools of a guy that murdered his family. No, 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 no. So I think it makes sense that they bury the axe and the razor along with them. They don't want to They literally bury the axe. Yeah, they literally bury the hatchet. Um, He was buried, though... In the southwest corner of the cemetery, near the highway, away from his family. Good. Yeah. That almost feels like its own justice in some kind of way. That you will not be remembered and you will not feel Mm -hmm. that grace. Which is also interesting in a way because he was an individual that adopted universal salvation. Did he think he was saved when he was murdering his entire family? And that's an interesting question that's brought up in Universal Salvation. I also... Is Hitler saved? More (laughs) surprised Pikachu face. Yeah. Huh. The town did end up searching through the home of James and found a lot of documents that were contemplating suicide or murder throughout a lot of documents in this. And there was actually one unsent letter that was intended for James's brother... And the le- the contents of the letter said that he would be away on a long journey. And he wrote to his brother to say, please help provide a good education for my children while I'm away. And he also wrote out how a bit of his property and possessions were to be distributed to the family. He then ends with, divide what is left, I am no more. Chilling. It's so... I know you can't do... Like, you can't... It's really difficult to sort of be like, if the, if things had been different. But there... So he had another plan. 
it seemed like he was just going to commit suicide. And I think uh, there's so much left up to interpretation here. But I let me tell you my opinion. Yeah. I think I want your opinion. Well, I think that he was really caught up in his faith suddenly. And Mm -hmm. I think that the stresses of farm life within like his depressions forgot to mention this as well. But he often would complain about the struggles of farm life and he would be worried that his crops would die or his cattle would starve and he would not be able to provide for his family adequately. I think there was a lot of stressors on him. I think he put a lot of stress on himself as the person that is meant to guide his family. Mm -hmm. And I think the stress got to him in some way that he was contemplating exiting And I think that because of his theological upbringing and his focus on new, his new foundation of universal salvation, maybe he was just committed to say, I'm going to take out my family and they'll be saved anyway, potentially. That's what I was thinking. Cause I, I think it's, I think it's John List, who's another family annihilator, his reasoning was, I was in so much debt, I couldn't allow my family to be embarrassed by me. Wow. Huh. So this is not unique. I mean, he also didn't take his own life. He ran off, so that's debatable. Huh, okay. But I think that that what, like, what his plan was afterwards, but I'm fairly certain that that was part of the main drive, and that does, I think that does show up. It's... Again, it's, you can't, you can't always justify everything that goes through the human mind, but I do think that you are onto something there where he's like, it would be, why are we suffering, like, why would I allow my family to suffer here on earth? Especially since he took his own life here. Yeah. That's sort of like the bow on it. Um, oh, that sounded awful. But, um, it, it does seem more like. He was like, do I... Because he may have been thinking, if I exit the picture, they could still suffer. So this is my last act of devotion as a father and husband is to bring them to salvation with me. Yeah. Which is horrific. It's super fucked up. But I'm with you. I think that there is some logic there in this regard. That's, That's definitely, I think, what he's thinking. No, I'm with you there. Oh, my um, God. And I just wanted to read out the ages of the family you did members. did already. I already did this. How old was the wife? 45. Wife was 45. But I already read the ages. Okay. Of the children, yeah. Yeah, because I asked. Yeah. It's no. because I asked. So, yeah. I, sorry, I got you all out of order. No, no, no. It's all, all good. That's my, uh, that's my story for the day, though. It's really fucked up, but... I was yeah, because really... he died, so there's, you know, even though she gave testimony, there's no nothing really to be done. Yeah, but it's also a little comforting knowing that I'm happy that the marker was placed for this family. Me too. Because this is such a gruesome point in... This was written also in uh, historical records for Augusta. This was a big moment for the settlement at this time. Absolutely. So it'd be remiss if they didn't put any kind of 
thing out there, but it's really hot. I'm, I am happy to hear that they did put a marker down for the family because it is an insane bit of history. But I think it's really funny that you did another axe murder. I, um, I'm also surprised. We, I didn't intentionally go for this, but I saw this and I was like, all right, whatever. Lean yeah, into the axe uh, murder. I think it's also funny because recently um, another New England based podcast. Crimes from the East reached out to us <laughs> and specifically on the smut because we had posted us at the axe pit. Yeah, yeah. And so she was like, oh, I should go, you know, because she's in New Hampshire. So she's like, oh, I should go and visit. Um, and then she had also commented on the Smutty Nose Island axe murders. Like, what the hell is up with all the, like, the, the axe stuff? What's up with these axes, man? What's up with all the axes <laughs> here in Maine and New Hampshire and in this area? So, <laughs> yeah, shout out from, shout out to them. <laughs> Here's another axe murder for you. Hope you like it. <laughs> I also, I have listened to a majority of their episodes and I yeah. fucking love them. Oh, sick. I gotta yeah. check them out. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. But, um, we can collab uh, sometime. You gotta go to, you, y'all gonna do another main episode. Come on up. <laughs> no, they, they cover, um, they cover crimes in, uh, Southeastern Asia. Oh, so not but at all related but, to No, me. but they're, they're in oh, okay. New Hampshire. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, there's not a lot of content like it, so I think it's really cool, especially when you, you know, true crime is, the, the true crime sphere is more about telling stories that, yeah. that don't get told. Right. And that whole section of the world really does not get a lot of coverage. That's true. That's true. It's a good niche. But... I set this all up because I thought that we would get through a lot of these details pretty quickly. Because it's like, even though there's some good details, oh! a lot of records. Uh, I you, forgot. Sounds like you forgot. I forgot. But I got a little game for you. I ya. forgot there's a game. We're going to have a little Try game and lighten, here. lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> I like the games, but also like um, sometimes we have an episode where it's just too long to get into it. Uh-huh. But uh, time to play. What are we playing? We're going to play a little uh, axe murder game. Cue the game music that I'm going to make B produce. Okay. Tell me the rules. I like games. I want to play. It's just a trivia thing, really. There's not many rules. So, like, I I didn't put that much detail in this. All right. It was literally just you. If we had another host, maybe I'd, like, add some more competition. Crack my neck. Let's get it. Oh, stretch a bit. I think that you're probably going to get okay, most of these. I think you're going to get most of these. I only have four questions for you. Okay. So I'm going to vaguely detail a film that features an axe murder in it. And you're going to guess what film it is. Okay. So I think you're going to get this one pretty easily. What 2019 film features a set of co-workers inside a giant penis? <laughs> going the lighthouse. And s- Going and saying it, and one murdering the other with an axe and one swift blow. You got the lighthouse, yeah. (laughs) So, guys, yeah, that's going to be our bonus episode for this month. We're going to be talking about the lighthouse, in case we haven't mentioned it on the podcast I don't know if we have. I don't think we have. Normally, we like to announce it, but uh, lighthouse will be coming out. uh, For you, it's going to be in a couple days. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. What 2009 movie shows an incel massacring a group of horny teens, some with an axe, at a camp? Is this the Friday the 13th remake? 
Yes. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty softball one. That is super yeah. softball. Like, can't, I, I was gonna, I didn't write camp. I was also gonna leave it out. I should have left it out. Make, maybe stretch it out. Here's another one. I don't know if you've seen this film. I really like this movie. But what 2014 film starring Mark Duplass features a freelance cinematographer taking a job from Mark and Mark is acting as a strange man that manipulates him and eventually dresses up in a wolf ass to murder his ass. Creep. Yeah! You nailed it. And there's also Creep 2. There's Creep 2. I haven't seen Creep 2, have you? Okay, I have not seen this movie. I think I've said before, I really like watching people discuss horror films yeah so you've seen a lot of like yes i have watched and listened to podcasts discussing both movies check out creep i think it's really it's a really good movie it's fun it's a lot of fun i got that one you nailed it dude and uh i think you're gonna get this one but i might be surprised what 1993 film starring mike myers and nancy travis Shows Nancy Travis, the story unfolding, and Nancy's actually a serial killer deemed Mrs. X. Oh, it's on the tip of your tongue. I can see it. I can see it. No, wait. Is this what I think it is? Is this? I think you, why don't you just say? I can't remember the exact name, and that's the problem. But it's literally like my something is an axe murderer. I'm going to give it to you. So I married an axe murderer. So I murderer. married an axe murderer. Oh my god. Be they... a clean sweep. <laughs> a clean sweep by Bebe Fun Kaki. fact. Um, they covered So I Married an Axe Murderer on Romancing the Pod. Oh really? Which is about <laughs> romantic comedies. Oh, I mean, that's awesome. Holy shit. You fucking nailed it. Oh Across my the board. God. All four questions that I deemed <gasps> like appropriate. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. I could have thrown some weird culty shit at you, but I wanted to go mainstream on this one. Like, I mean, you I creep, think, I guess, isn't mainstream. I think creep and so I married an axe murderer were kind of I think curveballs. So I, I think so. I married an axe murderer has been in the mainstream, but it is has the it? oldest one. I think it yes, was. It yeah, it's Mike old. Myers. Like at the heat, the one of I think around the peak of his career, nineteen ninety three. I'm gonna. I guess to, before. I'm gonna have to do a game for you because knowing that you've watched Creep. You are definitely into the fun horror movie, like the dude. Sort of, I've I've seen so much weird shit. Like, yes, throw a game at me, <laughs> I might surprise you. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, the other th- so I'm gonna throw you a curveball. I'm doing the mainism. What? I mean, it's not that I haven't done this before. Um, I just have to go because. <laughs> Fun fact: This came from my wife. <laughs> have you have you done it before? It yeah. came from Emily. No, it came from my wife. Oh, from Allegra. Yeah. It seems like Allegra is done uh, the last three mainisms yes. then at this point. But the, here's the thing: you might need a new host. <laughs> the thing is, I really want to do this. Yeah. That's why no? Because the last one I covered was about oysters. Right. I covered the oysters. That's true. Yeah, you did the oyster spunk. I did give you Hold a... Hold on. You got a mainism for me? Hey, hey, it's a mainism. I gave you a hint. Do you remember what the hint I gave you was? No. I don't remember. I hint, literally don't remember. <laughs> the hint I gave you was 
Swimming. Swimming. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, I love to go swimming with bow-legged women and swim between their legs. Did I get it? <laughs> I... <laughs> I didn't know that that was the second part. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> swim between the legs. Swim between the legs. Anyway. So, this takes place on Peaks Island. And so what I want to tell you about is the 1990 deer population explosion <laughs> of Peaks Island. Of Peaks Island. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. So you've be been, bad. So you've been to Peaks. Yeah. So you know how far it is from the mainland. Yeah. So they had an uh, incursion of deer at some point. Because the deer swam across the ocean jackson oh wow what they swam oh my god that's how do amazing. you think they got there jackson ah uh, transportation no they took the ferry no they swam postal boat <laughs> they swam oh my god they but swam that's just impressive alone that they swam how many uh, anyway you don't have those details probably so I, this came from Dr. Chuck Raddus, who is a, um, I think like I said that he, de- he, he deals mostly with herbs on Peaks Island and around locally in Maine. So her coworker had told her about this. She went to look on the blog, found this. And I was like, this is fucking insane because I didn't realize, like, obviously I'm like deer and moose swim. Yeah. But I didn't realize that they would swim across the motherfucking ocean. Well, like... Like, literally. How far is Peaks again from, like, the coast? The it's coast? Like, mm, seven miles, maybe? Okay. Less than that, probably, actually. I think about it. It might be three miles, really. Because the ferry ride really isn't that long. It's 3.8 miles. Yeah. Okay. So when we ride the ferry, it takes like 30 minutes to get over there. It's yeah. pretty close by. Three miles, though. Yeah, that's pretty intense. You probably yeah, lose it's... a couple deer along the way. Right. But so I wanted to just <laughs> read what he has to say about this. Deer, like moose, swim for no apparent reason. Some years <laughs> back, a local fishing boat reported a buck's sternly paddling in the gulf of maine seven miles out to sea heading directly for france what (laughs) there were so many deer on peaks island that they stripped gardens and flower beds bare i moved my garden into the hull of an abandoned wooden fishing boat in hopes of raising potatoes the hull was 12 feet high i cut a hole in the hull near the bow and lugged a wheelbarrow of wheelbarrow after soil it worked other gardens even with 10 foot fences were cleaned out. Holy shit. How tame were the deer? At Halloween, my friend Phil placed a prized pumpkin in a toy wagon and pulled it to a neighbor's house. He knocked on the neighbor's door to show off the pumpkin. When Phil looked back, a deer was eating the pumpkin with a lit candle burning brightly inside. More! (laughs) So, things came to a head in 2003. The understory of our interior forest was barren. People were frustrated and scared. Cases of Lyme disease were on the rise at the Island Healthcare Center. That winter, a state sharpshooter killed more than 200 deer in a controlled hunt. In a (laughs) controlled hunt! (laughs) 
The deer left island, the island in body bags. The meat donated to the hunters for the hungry. We still have a few, so deer do swim here from other islands. It was just a deer massacre. The fact that they killed 200, that's controlled for how many. Peaks Island's not that big. I've never seen a deer on Peaks Island. Because they controlled the population do they, in 2003. Do you, do you mean they got rid of all of the deer? No, they said he said they still have some. Okay, they still have some. Okay, sorry. But they're just not, there are not enough that they are literally eating every garden in, on Peaks Island. I, I went to college in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they love deer hunting, and I fucking get it. I get why... You have to have a hunting season. The deer will get out of control. They populate as fast as humans. And they'll go right in front of your 2007 Prius without any regard to your Did that safety. happen to you? Oh, yeah, several times. Because <laughs> well, you I were lived very, in very specific about 2007 Prius. Yes, I drove a Prius around as my first car. And, yeah, I... Uh, while I was in college in Pennsylvania, a lot of fucking deer trying to commit suicide on the hood of my Prius. Yeah. Oh my god. So, um, that's that's the tale I have for you today. I. <laughs> it was worth it, right? It. That was so funny. <laughs> Allegra, because Allegra die. was like reading this, and she's like, "There are deer on peaks," and then she read me the whole thing, and both of us were just like, "What the actual fuck?" <laughs> 200 deer. Oh my god. I'm amazed that there's like a sharpshooter that they have to designate as a game warden or something. That's yeah. amazing. Right? Actually, let me, how, let me see. How, I want to know the size of Peaks Island. They just shipped off all the, the deer meat? Is yeah. They, okay. Yeah, they shipped it to um, Hunters for the Hungry. So they, That's awesome. They gave a bunch Interesting of organization. Cool. Yeah. I feel like here you kind of have to have something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think in New England in general, oh, well, anywhere that has deer, you have to have some control mechanism available. Okay, so... Be it a hunting season or two, whatever. So, 200 deer across 720 acres. Okay, okay. So, somewhat spread out. But yeah. that's a lot of fucking deer. That's still deer. a lot of deer. Shut up, Mom! <laughs> Anyway, back to the deer. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. But, again, that's control. Like, that's them trying to control the population. And it seems like they were less in the unpopulated area of the island and more like... like they obviously had no fear of the people. Right. Yeah. They are like, I'm going to eat all of your shit. <laughs> but again, and I think that I do think that um, besides that just being annoying, deer ticks are a problem. Yeah, they are. I uh, Connecticut. I grew up in Connecticut. We have a huge Lyme disease problem. I've yeah. met people who have been completely made senseless by Lyme disease. Like yeah. it's no fucking joke. Like deer ticks are are a huge problem. Like. Ever go out into the woods, guys? Please go ahead and check yourselves, especially in New England. Check yourselves. Oh, absolutely. Or and and also take like I always recommend taking further precaution and 
Tea tree oil. Tea tree oil. Anything like there that. There are more chemical, like Allegra's dad, when he goes hunting, he goes deer hunting, he uses, um, like, there's this chemical that you can basically dunk your clothes, not dunk your clothes in, but... Um, I mean, when I go camping, I hate to say it, but I will, like, throw DEET on myself, even though it's not really good for you. Well, this particular thing, this doesn't have DEET, I don't think. I don't think. But the other thing that's super interesting about this, too, is L.L. Bean actually sells clothes infused with this chemical. Mmm, interesting. So you don't have to go and, like, get it yourself. And it lasts for up to, I think it lasts for up to, like, 70 washes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So, but it's one of those chemicals where, like, Allegra's dad was like, when we went camping last year, he's like, spray your clothes down with this, let them dry, do not put it on wet. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, like, okay. But tea tree oil is good. There are more natural remedies, which I am more opt to recommend. Yeah, do the natural remedies, deeps... guys. Apply often. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But yeah, continu- continuously check yourself if you're out in the woods in Maine because ticks are a whole nother horror on its own. They are. They're really bad, um, especially deer ticks carrying Lyme disease. That could really fuck up your entire life. So check yourselves. It's really funny. So we went for Allegra's 20th birthday. We had a tea party, and we invited all of our friends. And oh, then, fun. And then we uh, went down. So her parents own a road called the North 40. It's just sort of like th- oh, this dirt road through the woods, and it leads to another um, piece of land that they ha- they haven't really used. So we used to go, we would walk down there and just kind of like run around in that field. <laughs> <laughs> um and then, you know, like it was funny because this is the first year that what we did is we took a picture like, there's this big tree that was, like, fallen down, and we took a indie album cover with all of our <laughs> friends, and we're the North 40. Oh, um, man. So, we make our way back, and our friend Mason, who is, um, he's black. <laughs> he's the, our was our only black friend growing up. He was the only one covered in text. So, that's why you said, uh... Anyway, that's why I said he was black, because he was the only black he, friend. Yeah, he's our only black friend. Okay. Like, that that's me just saying, like, we were out in Buxton. But yeah. he was the only person that had ticks. Nobody had ticks. Nobody and else he, had ticks, and he, no. had, like, was covered on them? We pulled 15 off of him. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, he had to go awful. in the bathroom and strip down. That's fucking awful. So that's why I also bring up the fact that he was black, because it's like, what the fuck? Like, what was up with that? So like we all were like, what happened? And he made that joke. Yeah. That was like, it's cause I'm black, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, ticks are no joke. Deer apparently are also no joke. They will not only like try to run into your car like they do in ring two, but they also will swim across the fucking ocean. <laughs> I can love it. Deer are relentless. Um, my mom has always tried to grow vegetables wherever she's at, and she's always constantly, like, perturbed by deer invasions. Yeah, so, like, whatever tomatoes we got growing, nom, 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 nom. Got the deers coming over here. Don't matter what you put up, deer will always win. The deer don't give a fuck. And I think that's where, that's where I'm ending it. Yeah, let's end it there. Careful of ticks and deer don't give a fuck. Deer don't give a fuck. Uh... 
don't kill your family because you think they'll be saved when you kill them. They won't be. They won't be. Well, that's just. I mean, I mean, they, they probably be. they'll be fine. But I don't know. You won't. I don't be, know. Probably. You I won't know. be. Who knows? Satan is waiting. He's got his checklist ready. <laughs> it's like Santa. <laughs> and you're on the top of the naughty list. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to another episode of Homegrown Horror. Bye. Bye. You can reach out to us on our Twitter at HGHPod or on our Instagram at Homegrown Horror Pod. We hope to see you again soon. Bye.